Hi everyone, Charlotte here from Enriching Environments. Good evening and welcome to Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. I think you're all being notified that I have gone live. Thank you so much. Hi Nolan, great to see you. Thank you for joining me this evening. This evening we are going to talk about the five love languages. Hi Madeline. We're going to talk about the five love languages for children and um, this has been a really um, uh, interesting topic for me. I first learned about the, f the love languages in general must be ooh, maybe ten years ago, nine, ten years ago and then I read that they applied to children as well which sort of makes sense um, and I've only really seen this in um, my children, um, particularly my daughter, in the past month or so and I felt compelled to do this live because there was such a shift in my understanding of her and my and because of my shift of my understanding of her and um, my different way of interacting with her, it has been so powerful this change in our relationship that I just really really wanted to share it. So. Um, do stop me if you have any questions as um, I'm going along as always. Do you know my candle that I've just lit? I think I'm obstructing the view, so let's move that out of there. That's better, now you can see the candle. Um, so where should we begin? The Five Love Languages was originally a book called, um, uh, sorry, authored by Gary Chapman. Um, and that was a good while ago now. Um, and then he subsequently, and the, the original book was for, um, basically enhancing romantic relationships. So um, with, um, hi there, um, it was enhancing relationships, you know, couples, partnerships, um, more romantic um, relationships. And then subsequently he, I mean, that book was a huge success. And um, subsequently he has created lots of other um, books, but the, he co-authored um, The Five Love Languages for, for Children. And, um, What's really incredible to see is all, as I said before, all these principles can be applied to adults and children. And so let's, um, the, the premise of the, the five love languages is of course, everybody needs love and everybody um, demonstrates love and affection in different ways. However, even though everyone's way of showing love may be equal, it's not equal in the eyes of other people. It depends on the recipient of that love. And so we have as our foundation that once we understand what is really meaningful in terms of a gesture of love, a gesture of appreciation, a gesture of affection, then we can build better relationships, better partners, partnerships. So for example, um, in a romantic relationship, um, if you shower someone with gifts who doesn't want gifts or they want us to have a cup of tea and a long chat, then there's a mismatch there. And this is the basic premise, this is the foundation of it, that, that if you can speak each other's love language, if you show affection and um, attention and love in a way that is meaningful to the other person, then they are going to feel more loved and more connected. And then you just have this beautiful spiral of both people feeling filled up and both feeling people feeling valued and appreciated and honoured, which is what everyone wants in a relationship. And so this is, um, this carries through to our children and is relevant to our children because when we can show our children um, 
uh, we can show our love for, obviously our love, I mean our overwhelming love for our children in a way that's meaningful for them, then this strengthens our bond. And for those of you who have been following me for a long time, know that we just talk about connection as being at the foundation of absolutely everything. And if we can um, show our, essentially our regard and our respect for our child by, by offering them their love language, showing them love in the way that's meaningful for them, then that's going to give us a stronger bond, a stronger connection. And connection is the way to collaboration with the child. Connection is the way for cooperation with the child. And that's whether that's a little child or that's a teenager. Um, and then again with you know, romantic partners and, and moving into adulthood. But with our, our children, um, the, the old style model of discipline, the old style model of, of punishment and shame and rewards and all of those things, we, we know from neuroscience now, we, we know time and time again that that doesn't work, that exclusion doesn't work, the naughty step doesn't work, the time out doesn't work. I mean, it works in that it may, change, may or may not change the child's behaviour, but long term, you're rupturing a relationship when actually what we need more of in this world is closer connections and closer bonds and for our children to feel safe and that we are um, trustable, safe um, adults and caregivers or relatives or friends or whoever, um, because then they can fulfill their potential, then they can step into um, who they're meant to be because they've had this solid foundation of feeling loved and connected and feeling safe and um, feeling that they make a difference, you know, in, in the lives, in their family and in their community. So, does anyone have any questions um, to start with, or shall we dive in? Um, let me just check my bullet points. Uh, yes, and the other thing is, it's so important um, to build connection with our child, because that's how we resolve conflict. You know, we cannot resolve conflict with our child, inevitable conflict with our child, particularly an older child, a teenager, by going for this... Um, this disciplinary approach. It doesn't work in today's world. It may have worked, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You know, it, it, that children should be seen, not heard approach did work because there was um, absolute power in some households exerted over the child by the adult. In today's world, with the media and influences and how much more aware and awake we are of things, I really don't think that the children should be seen, not heard parenting approach doesn't work. I mean, we, we know it doesn't work emotionally, and there's lots of evidence to back that up, but actually this fear-based, shame-based approach to parenting doesn't work. It, it, we need parent to be, parenting to be hand-in-hand, hand. we need parenting to be all about connection, because that's how we build a more peaceful and a harmonious world. When we are offering connection and bonding and love as the first foundation, then this is going to... Um, then we can develop and grow, nurture children that aren't taking these massive childhood wounds into their adulthood and then reliving these childhood wounds in their, in their adulthood, which is what a lot of us are doing, myself included. We just regurgitate these childhood wounds over and over again until we do an incredible amount of healing work, which is really, really exhausting and takes a lot of energy. And actually, if we can start with a... a, a foundation of love and connection with a way that um that, that discipline isn't something to be imposed upon a child so discipline is something that grows from within and that's what dr montessori said um, and we can we start with building these um building blocks of self-discipline through love and connection and respect um 
So that's our starting point. Let me tell you about the five love languages, and these apply to adults and to children. So they're in no particular order, but these are the five. And um, Gary Chapman, the author of the book, his basic premise was that we, we all need love in all of these ways, but most people will have one, perhaps two, main ways that they prefer to receive love, uh, to that, maybe unconsciously, that, uh, um, that love is shown to them in a way that's very meaningful to them, that makes them feel very appreciated, very valued. So the five are um, physical touch, so um, you know, obviously that's cuddling and um, uh, kissing and to a child that's you know tickling, playing hide and seek, um, being thrown up in the air, all of those things. So the physical affection. So that's um, it's that's one of five. That's not the, the primary one, but that's one of five. Um, the second one we'll look at is an interesting one, which is acts of service. So um, that means doing something for somebody else. So if, for example, like me, you have a six-year-old who um, starts to bark at you, um, do this, clean out my school bag, tie my shoelaces, do this for me, do that for me, you need to do that for me. I had my light bulb moment, as I say, about a month, six weeks ago, when, when this sort of, I had this feeling that I was becoming Olivia's servant, and it wasn't a good feeling. And I was thinking, where is my... Um, really amiable and helpful child gone and then I realized okay there could be other things going on here but what's really really interesting is that when Olivia shows me love it's to do something for me so she'll say oh um I brought the laundry and I folded your pajamas mama and I put them under your pillow so just something really really simple but very very thoughtful you know not something that I've asked her to do something she's done of her own volition or um I, what's another example of things, uh, things that she does, just things like that that she would do for me, or she would do for Harry, her brother, or for her father, um, for no reason at all, act of service, so the, what your child is doing gives you a clue as to what, um, how they like to be shown love, so I realised that Olivia barking these orders at me, one of the reasons could have been that her love tank wasn't full, and she wanted me to do things for her, to help her with these things, to show my love for her. And then when I had that little uh, light bulb moment and I started leaning into that and saying, what can I do to help you? Um, even though every fiber of my body was thinking, hang on, I'm becoming her servant. If I do more for her, she's gonna expect more and more and more and more of me and this is never gonna end. But I went with it, I trusted my heart that I could just lean into this. Um, and we came out of it the other side, literally a couple of weeks after me saying, okay, I'm going to just give her the help that she needs and do these acts of service for her. And it's all completely resolved. And I can see that her love tank is filled and now it's definitely more even. She'll do spontaneous things for me and I will just offer help whenever I need it. She's capable of a huge amount of things. And what really is interesting to me is that now I'm showing her these acts of service, doing things for her for no other reason than just to show my love. It's made her more cooperative, more collaborative, um, more helpful and more willing to do lots and lots, all the things she was doing before on her own. So it's really, really interesting how, um, how it can play out. I've digressed a bit. I should have just explained what each of the love languages were, for, were first, but never mind. Um, the third one is words of affirmation. So 
We've got to be really careful with the child with words of affirmation because we don't want it to just be praise. We don't want it to be good boy or good girl or good job or well done because that can just turn into extrinsic motivation. A child only does things for uh, praise. What words of affirmation can be um, just a simple thank you or I really appreciate you or thank you so much for um, unpacking the dishwasher or thank you so much for sweeping up um, the food was on the floor. Um, it's very much showing our appreciation in uh, a verbal way. Um, a great way to do this with the child, and I love doing this with Olivia and Harry, is in their lunch bag and their snack bag for school, I'll write them a little note just saying that I love them or writing an affirmation or something like that. Um, I'm not praising them, I'm just telling them what I appreciate about them, something which is of no value um, at all, as it were. It's, it's very much... Um, words of um, encouragement and appreciation of who they as who they are as people um, so that's words of affirmation the fourth way we're going to talk about is gifts um, and so if you have a child who likes to give you a lot of gifts that means that that's probably their love language as well and gifts I don't mean monetary things and here we must be really really careful with children if we identify that their love language is receiving gifts, we've got to make sure that they're not gifts of a monetary value because otherwise then we could develop a, a sport child and that's definitely not, we want, not what we want to do. We can give a gift of some flowers or some dried leaves or some shells from the beach or something that is thoughtful, that is a meaningful gift to them or we can bake them their favourite muffins or make their favorite breakfast something like that you know a gift with no monetary value but that will be very very meaningful for them just something um simple uh wrapped in beautiful wrapping paper something like that um that really shows them appreciation in that way because they like to receive something concrete as it were um so that's gifts and then the fifth thing is um quality time this is called for adults or undivided attention for a child so when a child is saying play with me play with me come and let me show you this um it's very much could be that their love tank needs to be filled in that way and what we can do as parents is that we um we don't need to go out and spend lots of money and spend lots of um money and time on doing you know fancy activities or taking them here and there it's literally letting the child choose the activity spending half an hour with them um at home or in the park on the beach saying what would you like to do now that's how we give um we foster our child or develop our child's um love language if it is uh, undivided attention so those are the five um physical touch acts of service words of affirmation gifts and giving our undivided attention so as we said these are the what these could be one of these five ways um your child will have one of these most people have one of these as their primary one some people have one or two as the strongest but there's definitely going to be one that's clearly very very obvious that your um that your child likes to receive love in this way feels very loved and valued and seen and connected to you in this way um the time that you can really start this is over the age of six under the age of six young children need love and show love in all of these ways so it's unlikely that you're going to be able to have a clear understanding of their love language under the age of six over the age of six from six to sort of nine ten years old you're going to play detective they're not going to be able to tell you but their behavior will tell you as i said earlier with olivia and acts of service 
she was just seemed to be really, really demanding and treating me like a servant and ordering me around. But actually now I see when I flipped it the other way around is that acts of service is very, very meaningful when I do things for her. I mean, she can tie her laces, her shoelaces really, really beautifully. But I know that before we go to school, she, um, it's probably part of her separation thing. It's part of her keeping that last bit of closeness to me. In the morning before she goes to school, she likes me to tie her shoelaces for her. And maybe it's just that eye contact, that extra bit of contact that we have. Um, and thinking about it last year before COVID, it was always that she wanted me to do her hair for her. It's that last bit of contact, that last bit of active service that shows her that, she, that I really love her, that I really matter to her. Um, so yes, it's over your uh, child, over the age of six, you play detective. They won't tell you, they'll just show you in their behaviour. So a child who's always giving you flowers, always giving you, drawing you pictures and you know, you have a wall full of pictures um, of, of little gifts and things that they give you every single day, feathers, shells, flowers, leaves, all of these things. Any child that gives you a lot, that's a good indicator. That's their love language as well. A child who is very, very affectionate and wants cuddling and kissing and tickling and chasing, all of those things. That's a good, good indicator. And um, Harry, my son, has always, always been like this, but he's only four. So as much as I know he loves physical affection now, that's not necessarily his love language yet because also he likes to do a lot of other things as well. And young children are naturally very, very affectionate. If over the age of six, I can see he's still extremely affectionate, extremely cuddly, lots of kisses, lots of tickling. He loves rough housing, he loves wrestling, all of that really physical stuff. If he still likes that when he's six, seven, then it's pretty clear that's gonna be his love language and that's always how he's gonna to want to receive affection. Um, he'll show affection, he'll receive affection in that way. Um, words of affirmation. Um, for a, uh, an older child, so your six-year-old, if they're saying a lot, you know, I love you, mommy, I love you, daddy, you're so pretty, you're handsome, and complimenting you a lot, that's exactly what they want to hear, what they want to receive. And as I, and as I said earlier, take care that it's not praise, take care that it's um, mindful, sometimes almost with the words of affirmation, it's just them wanting to be appreciated, you to say a thank you. They don't necessarily need us to um, give them any encouragement, it's just to make sure that they're seen, that when they are saying something or when they've done something, for us to notice, to take the time to notice that they've done that and thank them for it. That's really, really what the words of affirmation are. Um, you just take care that we don't um, overdo that and, um, and offer too much praise. Um, and for your six-year-old with undivided attention, I mean, this is, yeah, this is great. It's going to be the watch me, look at me, um, come and do this with me, come and do that with me, come and read with me, all of those things. Um, so play detective when your child's at the age of uh, between six and around about ten, play detective. What do they ask most of all of you? Do they ask you to do things for them? Do, you, do they ask, do they give you gifts? Do they want to always cuddle you? All of those things. And you will see gradually that there will be a pattern. What is the most dominant out of these five? You can write these five on the fridge or put stick them on the kitchen cupboard and, um, and just have them in your mind and sort of notice over the course of a, a couple of days a week 
what is your child's behaviour mainly? What are they showing you mainly? And that's probably the way, that, and that will be the way that they will receive, that they want to receive love. Um, when you get to about 10 onwards and into the teenage years, you can actually ask the children to do, there's a, um, there's a quiz online that you can do, the five love languages on Gary Chapman's website. And for teenagers, you can actually do the quiz with them online and, um, and have a discussion about it and say what yours is as a parent and they can say what theirs is. So um, with older children, yeah, it becomes, um, it definitely becomes more of, a, more of a discussion rather than detective work. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, I think that we might be, if anyone has any questions, do jump in. Um, I think we, I want to circle back to um, the reason we're offering these, um, the love languages, the more connected we are with our children, the more filled up um, we are, then we know the more that we want to give, the more capable we feel, the more we want to contribute and help others. So this is all about... Um, making our child feel seen and heard so that when it comes to conflict resolution, when it comes to um, problem solving together, when it comes to a matter of discipline, for example, um, inappropriate behaviour, inappropriate behaviour is going to be a lot easier to deal with if we've got this foundation where our child already feels seen and heard. They're not having to, I mean, all children will act out in order to get attention if their needs aren't being met and, and we're not trying to create children who never behave inappropriately that's not the objective at all the objective is more to be able to catch that behavior when we notice our child is behaving out of sorts we can fill up their love tank so that they don't get to such a stage where they have to behave really inappropriately in order to gain our attention because um all humans, we all do it, we will behave in a certain way in order to gain attention because it's a cry for help because we don't know how else to express it. But if we are able to be so intuitive and we know our child's love languages, we can hopefully stop any inappropriate behaviour before it gets to the stage where then you both lose patience and then there's no communication at all. If we know what our child's love language is, we can know that they're going to need a little bit of that in their love tank every day and we can just weave this their love language into our interactions with them every day so they're not becoming so depleted that um they are going to need to misbehave in order to get our attention so this is this is how we 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 um we integrate it into our daily life once we've observed and once we feel that we've got a good idea what their love languages are then we're going to need to play with this for a bit until we get it exactly right. Um, just observe what they're saying, how they're behaving, what makes them light up. You know, you can try out each of the different love languages. What makes them light up? Um, what gives? Uh, what makes them respond in a really a positive way? Particularly if you're in a moment of conflict with them. Um, what? Uh, what can you do? What way can you respond, which will flick that switch in them, so that they do want to collaborate with you um, that they do want to cooperate because all of us as humans we naturally want to cooperate and we naturally want to communicate and we naturally want to um, be part of a team and um, and uh, cooperate and collaborate with others that's a natural human tendency and we only lose that part when we don't feel part of that community we don't feel part or we don't feel seen or valued 
So if we can um, identify before we get to that stage with our children, um, what is it that they need or what we think that they might need. Um, and it gets a lot easier with older children, the more verbal they are and the more in touch with themselves they are and their bodies and how they're feeling. It gets a lot, lot easier, easier as they get older. Um, but even from age six, as I say, it becomes quite apparent um, what love language really, really speaks to them. And, um, and then you can build upon that. Do, do we have any questions? Um, um, yeah, and also uh, talking about drawing boundaries, you know, drawing boundaries and holding limits is so much easier when we've got this bond of connection. You know, when we can say, I love you, but I can't let you say unkind things. I love you, but I can't let you speak disrespectfully. I love you, but I can't let you eat another ice cream. Um, I love you, but I can't let you go and play at your friend's house until we've finished our responsibilities here. All of these setting limits and drawing boundaries and holding those limits and maintaining those limits are so much easier when we've got a place of collaboration to start with. We've got a place of connection to start with um, from, from the beginning. Our basis is already of one of openness and love rather than of fear or of um, shame or um, yeah, fear of punishment, you know, or fear, fear of um, being rejected because we're not adhering to the boundaries. We don't want it to be that. We want our children to be, want to be part of the community and adhere to the boundaries because they because they're thriving in this environment of mutual respect and they see the benefit for everyone and they see their role and their importance of their role within that community. Um, we don't want it to be a, um, a situation where they're shamed into obeying because long term that doesn't work. I mean, that, that may work in the short term, you know, I'm not saying that doesn't work in the short term. It may and you may get an immediate response and you may get immediate obedience but long term that's not going to serve the child and it's not going to serve you either as a parent. So if we can always think about developing um, this sense of responsibility in our children through the connection that we have, you know, then that just come back to always our children want to be part of a social group. It's, it's part of what makes us human. Um, we want to connect, we want to collaborate, we want to better ourselves, we want to be part of a social group. Um, we're naturally gregarious. Um, humans are naturally gregarious so it's channeling that um that innate goodness that each of us have in us particularly our children have in each of us and we can do that by starting from a basis of love does anyone have any questions as we come to the end well i can do a recap hi sajiko just sorry i've just seen hi civil lots of people have joined sorry and i am um, <laughs> And I haven't seen you all and I didn't wave either. <laughs> Hello to everyone now. Um, so to recap before we finish, our five love languages are um, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, receiving gifts and quality time or undivided attention. So when our child is older than the age of six, work out what is their love language? How do they mostly show you love? That gives you a clue as to how they like to receive love. Play with it, observe them. What do they 
mostly look for from you? Do they look for praise? Do they look for cuddles? Do they look, um, do they demand things of you? Do they ask for gifts? Do they, are they always clamoring for your undivided attention? That will give you a clue. And then look at what they do for you as well. What do they give for you? What do they offer to you? That will show you what, as it's a mirror, we, we usually give love in the way we want to receive it. So, um, start from that foundation. And with teenagers, they say, if you have older children, you can do on Gary Chapman's website, the five lovelanguages.com, you can actually go on there and do the quiz with them. That's going to be actually a really fun activity to do with um, teenagers because they can be fully engaged and you can talk about yours as well. And that gives you an opportunity for your teenager to see you as a human being and a real person and someone they want to collaborate with rather than pushing against um, you, which is a normal thing for a teenager to do. So we are able to establish boundaries. We are able to um, resolve conflict. We are able to collaborate and cooperate with our children when we're starting from a foundation of love and respect. And the five love languages for children. This is just one way that we can ensure our children are seen and heard. So I hope you've enjoyed this evening. Do observe your child, see what they, um, see what they're doing. And then let me know once I post this live, let me know in the comment section how you get on, what are you identifying? And I'd love to hear your stories of how, once you've identified it and you can respond, how it's shifting your relationship with your child, as it really, really did for me, it was massive. For me and Olivia, um, once I really realised what this demanding behaviour was, and incredibly, it's completely fallen away now. A month later, after I really lent into it, and lent into how much discomfort I felt about feeling like my daughter's servant, it was amazing how there's been that shift. And also, I know it's a really good indicator for me of when she's not doing so well, because if she goes back into that mode of demanding a lot of things and being rude and saying you need to do this for me, you need to do that for me. That is my warning sign. Something's not quite right for her if she starts going into that demanding um, tone of voice and that demanding way of being. So then I can fill up her love tank and then we're back to that plumb line again, that nice plumb line where she feels settled and she feels filled up. And then things just flow a lot easier. We all, everything flows when we feel, feel filled up, don't we? Anyway, thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you're not following me already, please do so. And you can go to my website, enrichingenvironments.com. Go to my shop and then you are going to find lots of different ways to work with me. You can do online so virtual workshops. There's two hour snapshots uh, for different age groups. You can um, work with me one-on-one -on -one, uh, with your family and I can work with you and your child. I can also, I've also got an online course if you want like a crash course in Montessori and enriching environments. Um, and then there's other workshops, live workshops here in Dubai, which really go deep into um, different areas of development. So uh, the toddler age group, the um, new baby prenatal life, um, the preschooler life. There's lots of different um, ways of working with me depending on how deep you want to go, how much time you have on your hands and whether you want to do self-study or you want to do it in person, all of those things. So um, do send me in any more topics for Top Tip Tuesday. I've had a request for next week um, for a really interesting topic for Top Tip Tuesday and I love hearing your questions and, and also if you want me to do a school run solution 
Um, I'm doing my one minute school run solution every day as I'm in the car waiting for Olivia and Harry at school. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in just one minute on stories, you can send that in as well. Thank you so much for joining me this evening and wishing you a wonderful month of February. We're just at the beginning of the month, aren't we? And um, I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.